people need to realize is that just because it's out there, it's not done. It's going to keep changing and it's going to change for the better. Okay, guys, welcome to the Bloomex podcast. Um, today, we have a great shout out to mention. Um, shout out to MCRO for becoming a continuing sponsor for the, for the podcast. So this episode and future episodes is going to be brought to you by MCRO, who enables businesses to grow through handcrafted digital solutions of the future. MCRO is a web and mobile app development studio with a competent, dedicated, and experienced team focused on solving business challenges through fast-to-market and producing high-performance digital products. If you're looking to turn your disruptive ideas into reality or have a reliable strategic tech partner to explore options with uh, for your existing work or for new work, reach out to us and we'll make the introduction for MCRO and you can have the conversation over a coffee or a bone shaker IPA, your choice. Stephanie. Hello. Welcome to the Bloomex podcast. Thank you for having me. So we've basically been talking while we're getting set up over here, slight delays, <laughs> and we basically almost had like a mini podcast, but <laughs> yeah. let's get back into it. Yeah. Um, let's start with uh, what you're doing, all right, with Swab. Well, can you tell us more about the, what it is? Yeah, for sure. So Swab is a job app that my brother and I created with mm -hmm. a focus on students and employers in high turnover industries. So how the app works is a student will download the free app, answer a few simple questions, uh, they can upload their resume right in the app, and then similar to Tinder's functionalities, uh, if they do not want to apply to a job, they would swipe left, and if they do want to apply to a job, they would swipe right. And for employers, we built our website specifically for them. That's where they can post jobs, uh, remove jobs, screen candidates, and call them in for an interview all on our website, so it's in one spot. That's amazing. Thank you. I mean, it puts in the ease of uh, uh, applying, right? So it's, exactly. I think we've all been that, in that place where when you're applying for jobs, it gets so overwhelming. Because mm -hmm. each place, uh, like each job ad of a different format, asks different questions, so you're manually filling in all this kind of paperwork. So kind of what you're doing is kind of simplifying it and streamlining it. Exactly. So set up your profile and you have to exactly. swipe to apply. Exactly. And what we found was, so before we launched, we did a year of testing mm -hmm. and we met with over 5,000 students and just kind of wanted to see, you know, yeah, it's a cool idea to have Tinder for jobs, but who would we build this for? And we found that even though we're living in such a digital world, these students, whether they're high school, college, university, were still printing out stacks of resumes and spending their Saturday or Sunday afternoon at the mall just handing them out. And it's like so much has changed in our world, yet that process has still stayed the same. Mm -hmm. So we really wanted to simplify that by creating something that's relevant to that target audience. And we know that they're on their cell phones all the time. So why not apply through a job on your phone? Absolutely. And what kind of jobs uh, do you guys target here? Like yeah, so we, we focus on your part-time kind of hourly rate type roles. So, you know, your very entry-level type positions like uh, retail type jobs, uh, restaurant type jobs. So really those employers in high turnover industries, that's kind of what makes us different from other job boards is our focus on those entry, entry type positions. Amazing. Um, I think, yeah, like one, this is one of the things that we're moving towards also is like more like gig work, mm -hmm. and more freelance work, mm -hmm. where there's a f flow of, you know, people coming in and performing a certain task or complete a certain project and they flow outwards. Or the company just has a trial period of like, you know, testing out different, different uh, applications or people yeah. if they fit into the, into the firm organization. 
Are you guys facilitate that? Because it seems like it's so easy to apply. Mm -hmm. Is it so easy also to like, you know, start working right away? Like, how does that? How does how does the back end work? Yeah. So for us, it's really like we know what the positions that we target. So these are positions that maybe somebody's working part time during the school year. Mm -hmm. Maybe they switch full time in the summer. So we try to keep the students in their jobs as long as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, but given the industry that we're targeting, turnover is over seventy percent per year. So these employers are constantly looking for people. So what, what's uh, the turnover like? Uh, what kind of jobs are having that kind of turnover? Definitely retail and restaurant type positions. Uh, have you looked more into like why this is? Like wh why is it su uh, such a high turnover in those kind of positions? Um, I think it's just the nature of the business. Uh, people are constantly changing. Maybe it's a student who's, you know, now they're finished university, for example, and they're moving on and looking for maybe a career type position. So I think it's just even, um, you know, having people who are ready to work, having these employers have a pool of candidates ready for them to choose because, you know, it's just, yeah, the nature of the business is just turnover is constant. And how we're trying to solve that issue is by providing these employers with a local pool of candidates that they can go to and uh, call in for interviews because they know that this industry is just constant turnover. Amazing. Um, like. One of the things I'm following more is like the gig economy, mm -hmm. right? How everything's being gigified, uh, because the, the type of work available now, as well as the type of work people want to provide, has changed. Yes. It used to be people go to these kind of com companies, applying for a job meant something more long term, whereas now it's seen as like, okay, I just need this to get to this next step. Mm -hmm. I just need this over this period to get over the next next hump, right? Whether it's being a student, putting some certain time towards you know getting much money to go back in the, in the studies or someone looking for a second or third job now, right? People are looking for these extra ways to get capital and they're willing to work a flexible schedule to mm -hmm. do so. Mm -hmm. And as technology becomes more and more uh, available, readily available, the connection of the two becomes more even, right? Exactly. So the co-founder of like AngelList, um, I forgot his full name, it's like Naval someone. Um, he, he said something really cool and he's like, Silicon Valley and like all these tech companies coming out. Now Silicon Toronto, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, all these companies coming out. What you're basically doing is taking slices of business processes that companies traditionally build with in-house, like vertically, and making it widely available to everybody, right? And I see like the gig economy coming and doing just that for work. Mm -hmm. Like um, like you're talking about your your application uh, being a Tinder-like application. Like I've also seen like have you have you seen the Amazon delivery app, where they work with third-party Amazon deliver, delivery people. Oh, no. They have a similar system. Oh, okay. Where it's like you accept jobs, I think, by flicking up and down oh, nice. or like whichever. And if, like you watch on like YouTube and documentaries, mm -hmm. where people talk about, you know, they're now gig delivery people for Amazon. They apply for packages, not mm -hmm. just the working today, this between this time or doing this thing. They say yes to each delivery, individual yeah. delivery. Sometimes people just sitting there just saying swipe, 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 and get, you know, get like 50 or so orders, go pick it up, and they fail them. Oh, wow. Right? So, so it's almost kind of like an Uber, Uber Eats kind of a thing where you can just log in and yeah. kind of make your own schedule. Oh, right? very interesting. Right? So what I'm interested in is like is these kind of jobs are already like ethereal in their nature. Like people having a high turnover, can it be gigified? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, can it be broken down? I mean, do you think these kind of companies would be open to this? Like, how does that, how does that look like? Um, I think possibly but i think right now for us our focus is really kind of the retail and restaurant type industry just because we know again turnover is 70 percent per year but 
we want to keep these students in these positions just to get that experience. And a lot of the times, if a student is in a place where they're giving them flexible hours, mm -hmm. especially during the school year, it just doesn't make sense for them to leave. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, that's kind of our focus, not to say that we won't eventually evolve into that, but I think for right now, just as we're starting out, that's where we want to stay. No, absolutely. So, I mean, capture that traditional market, you make it easier exactly. for them to find that. And you feel like people have that value still of having, like, you know, a set set period of work. Like, exactly. Grade, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, maybe once they're done school or, you know, that they're looking for shifts here and there, even just, just to just build their experience. Um, but I think right now for us, we want to stay with Perfect. So this is mainly for students? Is it the target market? Our target audience is students just because mm -hmm. of the research that we found that they're still, you know, printing out resumes, going into malls, and it's like, how is that still happening? So that's why we wanted to create the app. So the reason why we target them is, of course, through our research. Um, they're tech savvy. They understand the Tinder reference. Like, anytime we say it, it's like the Tinder for jobs, they're like, what? This exists. I don't have to go out there and hand out resumes anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they really love that. And, but our secondary target audience is really still anybody who's looking for kind of a part-time hourly rate type job. So it is still a free job app. And mm. we like to give the example of my mom. Yeah. She's recently retired and has gone back to work part-time just to fill her days. And she could totally use the app to look for a job. So yes, we target the students, but our secondary target is really anyone who's looking for that type of position. Awesome. Um, that's really interesting, but it, with the ease of applying to jobs, mm -hmm. how do they look like on the employer side? Yeah. Right? Do they enjoy the traffic, uh, that, that ease of that? Exactly. So what we did was we built our website specifically for employers. So we actually built our website with the feedback from the HR department at Recipe and mm. the HR department at McDonald's to really understand, you know, their frustrations when using other job boards. Um, so what we found was they want to pool and something that um, has come up a lot is they want just something that gives them local applicants. Um, so they sign up on our website, they post jobs through our website, and then once somebody swipes right, their application that they created or their profile that they've created on the app has automatically been sent to the employer. And we have an applicants page so they can screen all the applicants again on our website and even call them in for an interview right on our website. Um, so something that we heard from employers in these high turnover industries is that uh, they post jobs on multiple job boards, have people coming in with resumes, and it's just really an inefficient process. And it takes a lot of time to go through a lot of resumes. So if we can create something that's just simplifying the process, then we've done our job. So one of our most popular features is our maximum applicant distance feature. So it was actually through feedback that we got from one of our clients, and they mentioned that when they had posted a job on another job board for a location in Toronto, they were actually getting applicants from Vancouver. And pretty sure no one is flying in for a part-time job. So we created something called maximum applicant distance where they can actually select if they want candidates applying within like five kilometers, 10 kilometers, 15 kilometers, uh, whatever it may be. So only those candidates using the app will be able to see the role and those candidates will only be able to apply to that job position. So again, we're ensuring that they have a local pool of candidates versus going through 100 resumes and finding out only four are from Toronto. Awesome. 
Now, I mean, I agree with you in the sense that like one of the problems that a lot of employers face is the amount of resumes. Exactly. Because uh, tools like yours have made it so easy for them to connect that they can apply, they can post up a job in multiple places mm -hmm. and get hundreds, hundreds of replies from each individual platform, from LinkedIn, yeah. from Monster, etc. Um, I mean, one of the companies that really uh, captured this is Lever. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard of them, right? Where they help, their main thing is, like, okay, all these different places get, uh, the application come through, they provide second intelligence to help, like a dashboard see, mm -hmm. uh, for employers to see uh, on their end and help them uh, pick which resumes to do that, right? I see that's step two for you guys, mm -hmm. right? Right now, <laughs> you, right? So being able to help these employers have some kind of intelligence in deciding who to select from. Because now they have a huge pool of applicants come in. Exactly. There's a lot of data to capture and mm -hmm. help analyze on their behalf, right? Exactly. And that's why we have like, filters on our website. And even just like these employers know that the candidates applying to the role, they might have no experience. Like these are, again, these entry level type positions. So um, that's why it makes us unique. Like rarely did we ever hear a student say that they're going to use uh, LinkedIn if they even had an account at the time, yeah. uh, LinkedIn to look for a part-time role, say at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right. Yeah. I mean, each tool, each platform is like kind of unique now. Exactly. And it's in the type of roles you, you can go for. Exactly, and, that, and that's, like I said, that's what makes us different from other job boards. And even like with Indeed, um, there's, you know, an entry-level type position, but then there's a director career type position on there. So it's a a lot mm -hmm. so that's why we really wanted to focus on these types of roles absolutely that's great i mean have you have you uh worked with like other startups or other tech companies on collaboration like how that look like um we haven't at the moment but we definitely are thinking of kind of partnering and uh, seeing what else is out there just to continue to grow our business and to add value to the employers and to the students as well absolutely we're seeing a lot of that the, cro the cross-platform mm -hmm. connections and mm -hmm. integrations Exactly. Um, I mean, that's one of the things that technology allows is like quickly information exchange yeah. between partners that these partnerships become vital as well. Right? Exactly. For the growth. Exactly. So let's talk about why you created this. Like, I mean, there's so many these job boards. You talk a little bit about the actual problem. Mm -hmm. Why you personally? Like, yeah. So uh, it was actually my brother who is one of the other co-founders of Swab. Okay. And it was literally through his own frustration of uh, looking for a job that he thought that there had to be an easier way. And at the time, we do like to admit he was using Tinder <laughs> and kind of put two and two together and thought, what if there is a Tinder for jobs? And that's when we thought, okay, cool idea. But again, who would we make this for? What industries would we target? Because it, like you said, there are so many job boards out there. So what's going to make us unique? And that's when we started researching and found that, you know, we're living in a digital world, yet people are still printing out resumes. And even a funny story with parents. Anytime we tell parents that we're a tool for their children, they love it because they don't have to drive their child to the mall anymore and waste mm -hmm. their Saturday or Sunday. So that's kind of um, how the idea came about. And then when we found that there's really a need for it, that's when we knew we got something here. Cool. How do, so how did that start? Like. Um brother came up with the idea and then what were the stages like to build what you got to know? So what we did was um, after he had the idea we you know just literally walked into malls and started stopping people and asking questions and we're very fortunate that we have a lot of cousins who are in the target audience and mm -hmm. so we would hold focus groups and you know have pizza lunches where we got all their friends together and we just started asking them questions 
And then after that, what we did was, well, we have a marketing and advertising background. So we thought, okay, what would our brand look like? Um, what is this even going to be called? And we would go back and forth and think, okay, people are swiping. They're looking for a job. They're swiping. And then that's how Swab came about. So it's swipe and job combined. Um, even with the blue that we use, it's a gradient blue. So it starts from a light blue and it just gradually gets darker. And because the reason why we did that is because um, we found a lot of more professional job boards will use a darker blue. So we wanted to start with a lighter blue because that's representing the fact that this is your first job. And then it gets darker and that's the progression in your career. And after we kind of put that all together, uh, we worked with a prototype agency. And that's where we kind of knew, um, again, having a marketing and advertising background, I knew more or less how I wanted the app to look, how I wanted it to flow, because we know that you know, your user experience is everything. If it's too complicated, no one is going to want to use it. So we wanted to make all of our questions click through and just make it super easy, because you're using an app and you're typing out a full out resume, like nobody's gonna wanna do that. So we worked with a prototype agency to really nail down the design, the user experience, and then we held more focus groups because we thought, let's make any changes in the prototype stage. Um, and to our surprise, when we held these focus groups, like the students were literally like, is this live? Can we download it now? And they just understood how to use the app right away. We did not explain nothing to them and uh, just the feedback we got was amazing. So after that, we then uh, met with a few developers, did a few interviews, and we have a developer who's on our team. He's been with us since the start, and he's developed the app. So now uh, it's officially live for, uh, it's been live for the in the App Store for a while, and now it's uh, officially out there for Google Play. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. That's been quite a journey. Like, how long did that take to get that done? Um, I would say it was about a year, year and a half. Oh, that's that's pretty quick. Yeah. So was, you started with the canvassing stage and started exactly. like uh, asking people questions and stuff. Like, uh, well, now, where did you learn that? Because that's pretty much learn like that's pretty much um, lean startup methodology, right? Mm -hmm. You go, you ask questions, you figure out what the, uh, the, what the pain points are. Exactly. And you start building solutions around those. Um, I mean, I find a lot of people like naturally just go down that gravitate to that path because it's mm -hmm. the easiest way to do things but did you or did you go and research like how do i start this and um honestly it was kind of just okay this is what i think we should do and just kept evolving from there i this is the first time i've ever awesome. started a company so it's yeah. all new to me it's a learning experience and i think something that we've really learned is yeah okay the app's out there and it's live and even with our website but we're constantly making changes um, whether there's small changes here and there and evolving and we're listening to feedback and seeing what people want like when we first launched there was no option to upload your resume on the app mm. and since launching we've now have the option to upload your resume in the app and these are changes that we make but they're changes for the better and i think that's something that people need to realize is that just because it's out there, it's not done. It's going to keep changing, and it's going to change for the better. Awesome. Let's uh, bring up your website. Yeah. We have it here. Perfect. So, look, so finding local quality candidates quickly and easily. So you guys are basically a dual-sided marketplace. Exactly. Right. One for employers to come in, put up their put up, put up their resumes, put up the job, uh, have a job board, mm -hmm. and then for students to come in. Uh, and get a job. Exactly. 
And that's why we made it very clear if you know, a student goes onto the website, sure, they could get some more information, but if they were to click the student side, it will just direct them to either uh, the App Store or Google Play. Okay, so it's meant to be this side easy. Yeah. And, it's, and it's available on both uh, iOS and Android. Exactly. So how is the process of like making an app? Do you have a background in uh, making apps and tech? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, my background is marketing and advertising. Yeah. And that's why we took the time with creating a prototype. And then we interviewed a few developers. And we found one that was just right for the team. Uh, we love our developer. He mm. has been with us since the start. He's also done our website. and. Uh, he's he's fantastic, and he's teaching me things that I never learned before or never knew before. Awesome. How how how's that journey like? Sometimes, oftentimes, people with ideas, mm -hmm. hardest thing for them is when they're making such a technical product, finding the technical person who can build it for them. Yeah. Um, was that a problem at all finding somebody? Um, honestly, we were very fortunate because it was not a problem, and it was great too because the prototype agency that we worked with. Uh, they worked with our developer in the past, um, but I think for somebody who's starting out and has no idea, maybe just, I would say, take the time to research, take the time to meet new people. Um, if you're doing interviews, like we interviewed multiple developers, and we just found that he was the right one for us. Okay. So you put up like a, like a job board? Like a job um, it was actually through the prototype agency and okay. a friend of ours that was referring a few developers. Through your pre-existing yeah. relationship already? Exactly. All right. Exactly. So, I mean, and that, that helps when you have somebody else developing for them. Thousand percent. Like, yeah. Especially right in the beginning when yeah. there's so much emotions involved and like, exactly. you're not really sure if they can they are the best person when they're not. Exactly. Sometimes knowing that you can't, knowing them as a person mm -hmm. definitely helps you navigate that. Yeah. Have exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Like, so what's next? Like, any more features coming out? Like, is it going to be more features, or is it going to be more of a growth method? For you I think right now, features will always come. We're always listening to feedback, so I'm sure that there will be more features in the future. Mm -hmm. But right now, we're really focused on scaling our business. On scaling. And that means more employers or more students? More employers and more students. And more students. Yes. So right now, we're available in Ontario and BC. So our plan is to go national and then um, we've already been trademarked in the U.S., so eventually get into the U.S. market as well. Yeah, I mean, can you talk a little bit about acquisition? Because every time you're launching like a dual-sided marketplace, mm -hmm. it's really tricky because you need like one to get the other. Exactly. Right? You know, the employer's like, yeah, we have X amount of students in our platform. You go to students, like, we have X amount of jobs exactly. waiting for you here. What came first? What was the chicken and the egg? So what we wanted to do was, um, well, before we launched, we were meeting with companies, and we wanted to get jobs on the app first. Um, because if a student were to download the app, and these employers knew that we were launching at this date, so they already knew that nobody was going to be applying to their jobs because um, obviously we weren't launched yet. Okay. So we wanted to get the jobs out there first, and then once we officially went live, at least students knew that there were jobs on the app because, yes, it is very difficult to grow both at the same time, but like I said, anytime we have students and we're explaining, it's the Tinder for jobs. And now we have a lot more employers. We have a lot more students that are using the app. So it is growing um, steady, and that's amazing. And it is growing at the same time, and both are growing. Because like you said, without jobs on the app, it's useless for a student. And for yeah. employers, if no one's applying to their jobs, why would they use this tool? So uh, we did feel that we should get jobs on there first. Just be transparent with the employer and let them know, hey, like nobody is going to be using any, the app to at the beginning, but yeah. we are launching this. Was there day. any blowback for that? Like, did the employers ever say, 
no, can um, I come back to this when you do? Or there, there definitely was a few employers that said, you know, once you have more people on board, then call us. Uh, but the ones who gave us a chance are still with us. Mm -hmm. um, they're posting and really just enjoying their experience. And that's something that I feel that we do a great job at is we're constantly asking um, our employers, like, what can we do better? You know, we want to learn and we want to grow and we want to make sure that we're giving both the students and our employers a great user experience. Okay, amazing. Um, so you guys are learning by iterating and, and, exactly. and making changes as you go along. Exactly. Um, can you talk about numbers, like how many jobs you have available, how many students are there? Yeah, so right now there's about 700 jobs that are available. Um, and it's always changing because people are still always looking for new people. Mm -hmm. Right now it's a really um, crazy hiring time because it's seasonal too. So a lot of employers are looking for people during the seasonal hiring. Uh, and student side, it's over 19,000 users. Perfect, sorry. Yeah, no problem. So, so someone just came in, I just got distracted <laughs> by that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's great. Like, that's Thank a great you. growth rate to have. What about on the flip side? How did you end up getting students? Was it hard to convince students to join this platform? Um, so we do a lot of different things with students. So we're constantly at trade shows. Uh, we are in universities, colleges, high schools. We do a lot of classroom presentations. Um, when we do classroom presentations, it's really great, too, because we're not only talking about SWAB. We're talking about our entrepreneurship journey, how we started. Um, so students really love that because they can see firsthand what it's like to start a business and we're there physically so if they have a question they can ask us and we love when they ask us questions um, we've done things with a lot of social media influencers we find social media is a great tool for us especially instagram we mm -hmm. find that that drives a lot of downloads just because our messaging is so nice and short when we say tinder for jobs they get it right away and if we have a download button right then and there it's just easy um, we've done things with uh, SPC before, so the student pricing card. Um, we just we try to do a lot of different things. We hold a lot of resume workshops, interview workshops, so whatever we can do to, yes, we're a tool for students, but even just adding value, like what do you do when you go to an interview? How do you write a resume? So these are things that we like to kind of add value and help the students get those jobs. Absolutely. And to get to all that started and uh, all that secure for you, uh, did you have to end up raising capital? Did you raise funds or did you just like self-fund mm -hmm. uh, this? So right now it's self-funded. Yeah. Um, we have been bootstrapped. Uh, we've won a lot of pitch competitions, nice. uh, government grants, so that's helped us grow our business. And we're trying to keep it ours for as long as possible and maybe one day raise some money. Awesome. Yeah. So you're not in a rush to raise any capital? Not at the moment, no. Okay, usually startups are like, that's on that rat race. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something that I think needs to be a conversation is anytime I hear people talking, especially with startups, it's like, well, we're looking for investment, looking for investment, looking for investment. And it's what, what other options are there? So there's a lot of loans out there. There's a lot of grants out there. There's a ton of pitch competitions. Uh, we've had some friends and family support. So that's been very helpful for us. Of yeah. course, working in advertising before this, with our savings it's my brother and i pull our savings together so we're trying to keep our business ours for as long as possible but it's nice to know that there are other companies out there doing it themselves yeah i mean so you could have found a business model you can operate right now mm -hmm. and people that are supporting you to keep it going without the need for cap of raising capital i mean that's like the beautiful scenario right? exactly holding out longer makes you a more valuable company exactly and easier to evaluate and 
companies taking more, uh, investors taking more seriously exactly. at that time. Um, perfect. So you're not, not looking to hire, like raise right now, you're actually on growth mode. Yes. Yeah, that's really important, I think. Like, not a lot of companies talk about that. They're always talking exactly. about, yeah, we're ready for financing now. We're exactly. ready to get some money now. Right? And Exactly. And that's, I think, a conversation that needs to be had a bit more is what other options are there? Mm. And what can you do? Because to your point, you know, a lot of companies will just be starting out and have no traction at all and think, I'm going to raise money. I'm going to raise, and it's like, okay, how are you going to do this? Yeah. No one's going to take you seriously. You have no customers. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, people need to talk about it a little more that you have other options out there instead of just going right away to raise. Absolutely. Can you talk a little about the pitch competitions you apply, you, uh, you won or you applied for, or anyone you failed? Oh, there's definitely been failures out there. Yeah. Um, but I think something that we've learned, so we won the uh, Pitch to Rich contest mm -hmm. with uh, Richard Branson and Virgin Mobile Canada. Amazing. So you that was, right here, right? <laughs> that was a great, great contest. Global News. Yes, um, so we were the first Canadian company to oh, win this contest. No, I'm not sure if YouTube will allow <laughs> us to play that. So okay, no problem. That's not. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we so were the first Canadian company to win this the contest. First one. Okay. So uh, we honestly came across it on LinkedIn and met all the requirements and thought, hey, why not? Someone's got to win. Uh, when we made it to the finals, we thought, this is amazing <laughs> you made it to the finals and you actually had to do a one minute pitch video mm -hmm. and that was going to be chosen so the winner was going to be chosen by richard branson after he saw the pitch videos so when we made it to the finalists we thought okay this is amazing but we'll do the pitch video who knows what's going to happen and um, how many yeah. companies uh, like uh, applied to this? They mentioned to us that thousands of entries across wow. Canada applied for this contest, and we were personally selected by Richard Branson, which is insane to hear. But it's just like uh, there's no words for it. It's incredible, and having somebody like Richard Branson validate your idea, especially as a startup, was incredible. And it's just if that's, that's not motivation, then I don't know what is. And hearing him say, you know, you guys are on the right track. Keep going. Like, what else do you want? <laughs> That's awesome. So this is through Virgin Mobile. Yes, yes. Uh, so Pitch to Rich contest. Yes. And how much was the four that you won? So we won $10,000. $10,000? Yes. And also time with Richard Barnes himself. Exactly. So they actually flew us out to Calgary. Um, and we spent the morning with him. And we did um, press with him. And then afterwards, we got to see him speak at an event. And we hung out with him backstage. So it was pretty cool to have wine and cheers with him and just uh actually this was the day before my birthday and he was shouting out to everybody in the audience that it was my birthday the next day so i said wow. you know you really made uh my 29th birthday one to remember that's awesome yeah that's great you even tweeted you guys out here right on, yes on so that was on uh that one's from linkedin and it's a oh it's linkedin a okay video. yes yeah, and even right. just having that, so we were on his uh, all his social media, so it's uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, and it's like, it's still even though it's it was last year, it's it's still an amazing, and I can't believe that we won this contest and had time to sit with somebody like Richard yeah. Branson is insane. Absolutely, and like. It's not just uh, you know, winning the, and the cash must have been really nice. The cash was amazing, but the time spent with him was more valuable than anything. And the validation for you guys too. Exactly. Right? To be like exactly. I'm on the good, tra I'm on the right track. Exactly. Right? There's actually a need for this. Right. It really helps with that. 
Yeah. And even he said to us, like, oh, you guys remind me of me when I was starting out. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> Thank wow. you so much. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It was really cool. And, and he's so nice, down to earth, just, you know, after you get over the fact that you're sitting beside a billionaire <laughs> <laughs> and, and Richard Branson, of course. Could you talk about uh, what you guys talked about? Like, is it, yeah. was it recorded at all? or? Uh, so there are some recordings. I think that is a video. Okay. But we just, you know, we showed him the app. Uh, he obviously, he loved it. Um, he kind of gave us some feedback on what we can do and we were asking him questions on employers and you know how else can we make our tool better and he was saying you know keep doing what you're doing because the mindset that we have is you know you listen to employers you listen to your students get the feedback that they mm -hmm. want use that to continue to grow your business um, and like I said even when he told us you know you guys remind me of me just keep going you're on the right track and just Having him be so relaxed and calm was was amazing. No, absolutely. And if people want to check it out, you can check it out on your website. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, we won't play that because YouTube's really strict yeah. about what you play through YouTube. Um, yeah. But that, that's been really great. We did get some feedback from, from him himself. Uh, what led you to this? Did you see this and apply to this, or did you go yeah. to other pitch competitions? How that. So this was um, a pitch competition that we came across on LinkedIn. And it was actually my brother who applied, and then we we made it to the finalists. We did a pitch video, and then after that, I think it was maybe two or three weeks later, uh, we found out. So they were actually supposed to. I remember having it in my calendar marked down, saying like, "Whoever's winning, they're going to announce it this day." And it was a Tuesday, mm. and they actually called us on the Monday, and I was actually at a tech event, so I wasn't even home. And it was my brother who got the call on the Monday saying. You know we won we're gonna fly you out to calgary this day and he called me and i was at an event and he's like hey what are you doing these days and i thought don't don't be lying to me right now like what do you mean and he told me we won and i literally had to leave the room because i started crying and just couldn't believe it so i was at a tech event in the corner by myself like couldn't believe what was happening and yeah. um yeah it was it was fantastic and actually before this content, I was getting married like two or three weeks after this. So oh, it was like wow. so much was happening yeah. at once and uh, it was crazy. So I told him, you know, it's my birthday and I'm getting married in a couple of weeks. Like what a crazy time and mm -hmm. I'm so happy it worked out. And he, he was just so supportive and they're still supportive of us. And the Virgin Mobile team, uh, the Virgin Mobile Canada team has been incredible. We've even done uh, blogs after this and we keep in touch and have done articles with them before or after this um, so yeah the, the support we get from them is fantastic that's amazing I'm, I'm always blown away by like now that you start looking when you're uh, when you're on the process of building something building something and looking for these mechanisms to get exposure mm -hmm. or to get recognized mm -hmm. I mean there's so much out there so much out um, there I actually get into a lot of um, uh, like talk uh, I don't know I don't, I don't say fights but like Talk to a lot of people who are like, you know, I want to start a business, but like, I don't know, I don't know where to go, or like, you know, I need money, or I need, you know, I don't know, I don't know where to start. And you're like, have you heard of these? Like, have you gone to a pitch competition? Have you gone to Tech TO? Have you even gone to YouTube and like checked these things out? And they haven't. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's like, why do you keep talking? Exactly. You are you actually going to build something, yeah. right? Um, so I always encourage people to get involved with this. For sure. And YouTube's been phenomenal because. You can see access to pitch competitions yeah. online now. So how to prepare for one, mm -hmm. right? So even if you have that anxiety, of, this is my first time being a, a, uh, a founder. I don't know how to pitch. How do I construct that? What does my deck look like? It's all on YouTube now. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not even like going and researching it somewhere or taking a course somewhere anymore or paying for it. 
with the free video search. Oh yeah, right. our deck when we first started pitching was horrible. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You don't know everything when you're starting out and that's something that people need to realize that it's a learning process. Like yeah. You're constantly learning and constantly evolving. And like I said, our pitch was horrible at the beginning and we've since obviously changed it. Um, so now our pitch deck is a lot cleaner, more visual. And I would say for people who are starting out, like people ask us all the time, like how did you win that pitch competition? Because we've won another one, which is the Ignite Spark competition. And we won $25,000 for that. And that was an incredible pitch competition. And you know, people ask like, how did you win this? And practice, like we practice nonstop. And it's what you have to do. And if it's for me to practice to win $25,000, I'll practice all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's just constantly practicing and putting yourself out there. Like when I first started getting on stage, it was very scary. Now it's a bit better. Mm -hmm. um, and I love it. I love being on stage and speaking to people and showing what we're doing because I think we're doing amazing things. Um, how was that process? Like when, you're, when you first started pitching, was there a time where you like, you know, you messed up or like you didn't qualify to meet expectations. Like, you know, there's an art to pitching. Mm -hmm. There's a structure, there's a flow, there's a science involved in it as well, right? So it's a science and an art. Like if you have this kind of uh, the things you have to t talk about yeah. and the flow, how to connect them, you know, and how do you tell that story? Exactly. Basically, right? Um, what was the process like in learning that? Um, so we were actually a part of the Accelerator Up program at York University. And when we... This is Wise Space. yes. Yep. And when we started, uh, our pitch deck was literally our business plan on a PowerPoint. And it was way too much content. And we got that feedback um, in the course. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then we worked with a designer who works with us with Swab. And she helped put together our pitch deck because we said, you know, we want to make it more visual. But... Something I really learned was, you know, have a story. Mm -hmm. Tell people why you started this. Tell people why you want to disrupt something. Um, and so I feel that having a story and that connection with the audience right away has really helped us because you want to... Draw them in. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, keep your deck very visual. Speak to it because you want people to pay attention to you. Yeah, the power of story, like narrative, is really great. Because mm -hmm. even like a seasoned investor who sees all, all these in, like pitches all the time, or they're on a panel of judges and they see the pitches all the time, when that story resonates with them, it's like, exactly. oh, well, I can imagine that. I can, I've experienced that pain, or I can imagine that pain, or I, I know what that feeling is. With, like, like, and this is how you're solving it. Mm -hmm. You know, that gives that edge to you, right? Um, where they're like, okay, th th I know what you're talking about. And everything else became, okay, what is the model of how to solve that? Exactly. Right? And even just, you know, you can't, I've even seen pitches where people are just talking about what they're doing, but you don't really know what their business is. So just making that really clear in your pitch um, and also knowing that not everybody in the audience, maybe it's something in healthcare, maybe it's like, you know, you've got to kind of target it so that everybody will understand what you're talking about because not everybody's maybe in healthcare tech and doesn't understand what you're doing, but making it just simple. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what's, um, what do you recommend for people out there starting things? Like, You had a pretty good journey in the past year, winning mm -hmm. these pitch competitions, getting your idea validated. Um, I mean, I, from ideation to actually launch within a year, that's pretty impressive, especially Thank for you. a first time founder. 
Thank you. Um, to navigate all of that and to learn all that, uh, what do you attune it to? Is it more your professional career, like background? Was it school? Was it extracurriculars? Like what brought, what were the pieces that brought you to be able to pull this together off in eight years? Um, I think, yes, definitely having a combination of a good education, a background working in advertising, but I think it's more my drive and my passion for what I'm doing. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and have my own business and um, having even just my brother with me is an incredible support system. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we like to joke around, tell everybody we still talk, we still get along, but um, yeah, I think it's more my drive and the fact that if I wanna do this, I'm the one who has to do it. Nobody else is running my business or our business but us. So definitely having the passion and drive and you know working hard and if it doesn't work that's okay on to the next thing figure it out because it's not going to be a smooth journey it won't be and if you learn from something and grow from that that's amazing absolutely and yeah, that's really great um how is that though working with your brother like working with family <laughs> they usually tell you don't start a business with family mm -hmm. uh we're very fortunate that we are so I am the older sibling. Uh, we're two years apart. We've always had a close relationship. Um, and yes, at times we argue, but it's really nice that we can argue, hash it out and move on. Mm -hmm. Like we could tell each other how it is. If we don't agree with something, it's great because it's more of a brainstorming system. So if we don't agree with something, that's okay. Not everybody's gonna agree with you, but we could tell each other how it is and move on. Our goal is to grow our business and uh, his strengths are my weaknesses and my strengths are his weaknesses and we work really well together and have grown a business over the past year and a half and it's it's been working for us. Great, but um, has there been any like struggles because like you know each other your pretty much your whole life. Yes. And that puts a, ba a like a, a bias when it comes to like decision making, mm -hmm. right? Because people sometimes, sometimes over knowing your business partner or not over knowing who you're dealing with right, interferes with the actual business conversation. Do you find that be true or find that actually aids knowing that the person like that? Um, I honestly, not really. I'm very happy that I have a co-founder who I trust. Yeah. And building the business together has been amazing. This is our baby. And it's incredible to see it evolve. And why wouldn't I have somebody who I trust on my team? Perfect. Or our team. You guys still fight? <laughs> All the time we're brother yeah. and sister yeah. it's okay but move on yeah 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 um cool and your family's involved with the business so your dad's yes. an advisor yes. right helping with the financials yes so our father is our cfo uh he's not in it day to day but whenever we need help uh he also has a restaurant background so that was great when we were starting out too because he knew how inefficient it was in the restaurant industry to hire and he knows that turnovers crazy and it's constant and they're always looking for people so um, he was great in that sense he's worked at multiple companies uh, he's grown companies so for us it's amazing that we're very fortunate that we have his help and we can leverage our dad whenever we need it awesome yeah I mean it's really interesting like keeping it like family centric and uh, putting that together how does family dinners go now? Like, is it a business <laughs> conference? Is it? <laughs> we try to separate the two, but you know what? Um, it's work-life integration. Yeah. It was, uh, I 
saw this on LinkedIn not too long ago from Andrew D'Souza, yep. uh, one of the founders of Clearbank. Yeah. And he, I thought, said it best when he said work-life integration. There's no such thing as work-life balance. And for me, that's what it is. But yeah. I love what I do and I want it to be in my life. And, you know, even when I'm out with friends sometimes, if there's somebody talking about, you know, looking for a job, I'll even go up to them even when I'm out and it's my night off. It's never a night off. Mm -hmm. This is my business and I want it with me. Um, so our dinners, yes, there are times where we're talking about swab, but there's other times where we're not. And it's okay. This is what we're doing. And it's crazy that we're seeing something that was just an idea, you know, helping people find jobs. That's amazing. Like uh, I watched the same clip with Andrew. Yeah. I, I, I love that about ClearBank. Like yes. the founders write to um, I mean, their front end staff. Um, they are very social on yes. social media, on, yes. especially on LinkedIn. And Andrew and all, the, uh, all of them, they always drop these like, you know, five minutes, one yes. minute videos, uh, explain an idea. And that one was really uh, caught me, um, really got to me as well, yeah. because you're right, the work-life balance doesn't really work for entrepreneurs, because mm -hmm. it kind of means there's a, a split. It's, a, it's like, it's two different entities. Exactly. Where generally it's become one. And exactly. This is really true for you, because you work with your family. Mm -hmm. Um, now, so how does the integration look like? Do you guys say that this is family time, this is not work time, or you guys it just it kind of blends as it goes? Like I would say it blends as it goes. Um, there are times where, you know, I'm the first one to say, at, at, you know, we work so hard yeah. that if you take a night off and you're watching TV with a face mask on and I have a coffee beside me, like, you need to have that time to yourself. And that's okay. Uh, we don't want to burn out. We want to be more efficient in what we're doing in the day-to-day. -day. And even with my brother, if he needs, he loves playing the, the guitar. So if he goes off in his room and he needs maybe an hour to just kind of decompress and play the guitar, like that's his relaxing time. Do it. But then after when he's done, it's like, or even same with me, it's like, hey, did you see that email? Or, you know, it's Sunday today and we're here today. Like yeah. it's always with you yeah. and i think it's kind of a we don't really split it up and say this is family time and this is work time it's kind of all together and goes yeah. in one <laughs> yeah i mean you're on slack randomly yeah. you're on twitter yeah, exactly you're on linkedin like work has become blended now yes um even like even if you're, you're working in an office space like like everything's kind of intertwined together mm -hmm. with your personal work life through technology especially exactly and one of the reasons why like burnout has become such a like a hot topic now mm -hmm. is the ability that there's no off schedule either yes. you're never really off yeah so there's no like segregating your life like this is when i'm working i'm like high functioning mm -hmm. and this is like when i'm at play or at family or i'm more relaxed um, people are, are some people are not used to that transition. Exactly. Where some other people, entrepreneurs, I think uh, a lot of people who are, go to entrepreneurship are naturally like that blended lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Where it's like I can work whenever I want to. Exactly. And you know, if uh, I can blend things together so it's productive and it's uh, building towards something I want to do, right? Exactly. And that and that's ex exactly like the, it's blended and yeah. I I love it like I'm doing what I've always wanted to do why wouldn't I want to share that yeah. uh, what is it about entrepreneurship that got to you like what I think just having something that's my own um, and having my own schedule making change for making change in the world for the better um, and really just yeah just being an inspiration to other especially female founders out there and you know 
I've always just wanted to have my own business. I just never knew what it was going to be. And that is until Swab was born. That's great. So, I mean, there are always two types of uh, uh, entrepreneurs. Like, so I always uh, talk, talk about this one, uh, one like, print of thought that I always have between each video is that entrepreneurs kind of fall into a spectrum, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like visionaries versus um, operators, right? Where operators go out and they're like, build these companies as, they, as a need finds them and they're more like strategic. Mm -hmm. And visionaries see like a, a future where the, a certain problem isn't solved. They mm -hmm. see the mountaintop. Exactly. And, they're trying to f and they end up, because they're so haunted by their vision, they end up ha figuring out how to build that. And they really fall within the spectrum, right? And high-end visionaries don't necessarily have all the tools necessary. They first construct the tools or acquire the skill sets they need um, or acquire the people they need to get to where they need to get to. Whereas uh, like operators, they've already acquired that. That's why the experience problem they have, mm -hmm. and they're now capitalizing on that. So they're capitalizing on that problem by building something using the skills and things they already have established. Where would you fall in that? Um, I would definitely say I'm more of a visionary person. I like to see things in the long run. I've always dreamt big, um, so I definitely feel like I fit into that category. And I've always seen myself as an entrepreneur and starting a business mm -hmm. and making a change for the better. Perfect. And you're from, you're out of Vaughan. Yes. Right? So you're from Toronto, like GTA, um, immigrant family, yes. like all that. Italian? Yes. Perfect. Vaughn, most likely Italian, <laughs> One right? Bread, what? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Awesome. How, how's that experience been, like, uh, the immigrant background? Does that drive anything more? Does it hold you back? Um, no, I think it drives me more. My grandparents came here with n not even speaking the language. And if they came here for us to have a better life, and we do have a better life, and I want to work harder so that my kids, my grandkids will have an even better life and more opportunity out there to do whatever they want. Yeah. And hopefully they're taking over SWAP. Yeah. I mean, there's like a high incidence rates of like immigrants becoming entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. Because they come from that kind of like, I'm starting from scratch anyways exactly. mentality. I'm going to figure things out kind of mentality that kind of multi-generational, it really affects that family and makes them want to solve problems and work differently and be different. Yeah. Right? Totally. How was the reaction from the external family members when you guys started this? Like, oh, they are so supportive. Really? We have... A great family. Um, I'm not going to get emotional, but I might get emotional. But yeah, they're they're incredible, super supportive, and especially because it is my brother and I. They're like it's the entrepreneurs in our family, and they're just constantly like they help share stuff on social media uh, when we have things where we have to get votes. We're like, hey guys, everybody vote for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just super, super supportive, and we were so fortunate to have that. I mean, we always like I've been realizing that a lot, right? Like mm -hmm. having how. A important support structure is because yeah. when you're creating a company, you're almost like creating a baby. Like you know, you're exactly. birthing something new into the world. Exactly. It's a very spiritual thing. Did yeah. I think about it right? And a lot of emotions get attached to that. Yeah. And the more of a support structure you get, uh, you have, I mean, the easier it is on uh, on you emotionally to toil, mm -hmm. right? Um, can you speak a little bit onto that? Like you know, it's probably been some ups and downs. We're trying to figure this thing out, you know having to you know, leave behind a career path and trying to go towards this, right? How has that, how you been handling that mentality of being an entrepreneur? Um, I definitely think it has to do with having a great support system. Um, this is something that I've always wanted to do and it's always been my dream. So I'm, you know, we're working so hard to fulfill that dream and make that dream a reality. 
um, and having like a great family, whether it's my parents, our aunts and uncles, my friends, even my husband. My husband has been so supportive of this. And it's incredible to have that because, yeah, being an entrepreneur can be a lonely journey and you're working nonstop. And like we said before, the work-life integration is real and that's okay. And to have somebody say like, just keep going, you're on the right track when you feel like at times you could feel like you want to give up, but you know, you don't want to let anyone down and you don't even want to let yourself down. Like it, it's more motivating for us to just work harder and keep going. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, the incidence of burnout, the incidence of people of like depression and yeah. anxiety hitting entrepreneurs, it's much higher than the yes. other, other workforce. And I think it's very important that you've constructed this kind of support mechanism around you and it's available to you. Mm -hmm. um, how else has been like maybe outside of family support been? I know you're working at a Y space and yes. like, you know, you've been getting attention from these uh, other agencies. Um, how's that been like? Where is that coming from? Yeah, so we uh, were a part of Wirespace. We're also with uh, Venture Lab, uh, the Spark Center, and Mars Startup. Okay. Um, the support system's been fantastic. Uh, it's nice to know that there are people out there who are willing to help you, guide you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And if there's resources that you need, they'll be there for you. Um, Wirespace, we get like incredible support. We love Wirespace. Um, and they bring in mentors all the time and like schedule meetings for people to, you know, if you need to speak to a lawyer, or if you need to speak to somebody in finance, they bring in resources so that you can meet with these people and learn from them. And it's nice to have that support that it's already kind of taken care of for you so that you can really focus your efforts on growing your business. Amazing. Um, the fact that we have resources, it, it always boggles me because like, uh, when I first started with entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, like it was like 10 years ago, like 17, and I mean, this is before like smartphones were a thing. Yeah. And it's crazy how far we've become yeah. where resources are so easily available that we're, we're more connected, mm -hmm. the community is, the support structure is really there for innovation. Um, what do you think of the future of work? Like, I mean, more and more people are becoming entrepreneurs because because the, it's actually harder. If you look at the trend charts, it, it costs more, there's a higher risk reward uh, there but more people are becoming entrepreneurs mm -hmm. because the market's calling for it, right? I mean, a lot of work is becoming, can you come figure this out? And it's like, well, I don't have to be an employee to figure that out. I can mm -hmm. employ, like, you know what I mean? Give me, give me this contract, or give me that opportunity and I'll figure it out for you. Yes. Or here's the solution I've built out for that. Um, what do you think? Like, I, I firmly believe that we talk about a lot on the show. It's like the future of work is entrepreneurial. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I definitely agree. I see that coming up more and more. Um, even with, when we go into schools, for example, a lot of, there's ar entrepreneurship classes. And when I was in high school, there wasn't any entrepreneurship classes. Yeah. And when they want us to come in and speak in these classes, it's amazing because these are students that are already thinking about starting a business. Yeah. So I think that that's definitely the way of the future. And there will be more places that pop up that provide more support. Like I would, you know, once Suave is at a great place and it continues to grow, I would love to start something where I support the next round of entrepreneurs because they're just making our life, whatever they end up doing, they're making our life either easier and they're creating jobs for the economy. So I think why not support them and give them the resources and tools that they need in order to be successful? Absolutely. And I, and I can't, couldn't agree with you more. Entrepreneurs supporting entrepreneurs mm -hmm. really kind of feeds a uh, co-habitual relationship almost. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's a synergy. Um, and if you look at like the successful companies, 
create a boom and bust cycle, right? Because the company that creates the success, people come back and like they start more companies. Exactly. People, ex-employees leave and create companies. Like they create a whole support structure around that, and it kind of like spirals among themselves. So, um, yeah, really happy for you to come on the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an hour. Right? I can't believe that. Yeah, I mean, it flies when you're having a great conversation. Absolutely, couldn't agree Thank more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is great. Thank Perfect. you.